Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Kimmy Singh. Kimmy is a dietitian based out of New York City, and she focuses a lot on the health at every size movement. She focuses on body politics and fat liberation, eating disorders, intuitive eating, PCO all sorts of stuff. I loved her conversation about the Health at Every Size movement because it is so, oh my gosh, it's just such an important, such an important topic that needs to be covered by everybody. I I remember when I heard of it for the first time in treatment, I was kind of blown away because we're told all throughout our lives, I mean, I won't speak for men, but as women, at least from my experience, Uh, that we have to look a certain way to be considered healthy. Like fat is bad when that's just not true. Fat does not mean unhealthy. Fat does not mean bad. Fat does not mean any kind of negative anything. Basically, this whole movement is about how, how all bodies are beautiful and how we celebrate all of those bodies in every shape and size Every bit of it. And it's just, it's such an important movement. And so I loved getting to talk to Kimmy about this. And yeah, she will do a much better job at explaining all of this than I am right now. So check out our podcast. And oh, at the end, we got to dive into a little bit of philosophy, which Kimmy is a big, big lover of. And I am a new enthusiast of learning all about it. So anyway, enjoy. If you guys are enjoying the Unity Project podcast and you want to support me and get more involved in what I'm doing, then you can go check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash JackieGTV. That is where you can support me for as little as $1 a month. Or if you'd like to learn more about my story and how I got from there to here type of thing, then you can check out my book, Finding Home. That is the story of me looking for what the meaning of home is and how to find home inside of my own body. If you want to pick up a copy of that, then either send me a DM on Instagram or check out my website. All of that information, the links will be in the description box below. Or if you want to support me but cannot afford to do so financially right now, then leaving a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Podbean, leaving a review down there, letting people know what you think, that is extremely helpful. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. Hello, people of the world. Welcome, Kimmy. How's it going, Kimmy Singh? Hi, guys. I am doing very well. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Kimmy, it is so wonderful to hear your voice. I have been looking over your work over the past few days and am so excited about all the topics that you are so passionate about. They're so important and I have so many questions for you. Yeah, I'm so, yeah, I'm really excited to dive in and I know that the areas that I work are kind of... Like, although there is overlap, they're all so really different. So I'm looking forward to talking about them, too. 
Yes, absolutely. Before we jump in, do you want to give a little bit of a background about what you do, who you are? I know you live in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I live in New York. I am a dietitian. And I, you know, I always tell folks, I feel like when people think of dietitians or nutritionists, they always think of someone that's just a bit rigid and maybe tells them what to eat or what not to eat. So like, that's not at all what I'm about. <laughs> a lot of my work is really about just creating space for people to like live their best life and feel their best in their bodies and create space for size diversity, both when discussing health and nutrition, but also just as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that so much. I spent uh, about four to five months in an eating disorder treatment center mm -hmm. in 2020 and was so just blown away by that mindset because all I thought and knew before talking about my eating disorder, all I understood about like the nutrition world or dietitian world was very rigid. And mm -hmm. so when I heard there was this whole other mindset of like, actually, we're so body positive and we want you to eat based on what you want. And it was mm -hmm. so liberating to hear. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think when it comes to nutrition, like so many people that are in recovery, are just so surprised that there can be a different way to talk about food because of just the mainstream ways we talk about it. It's so restrictive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. I was really nervous actually when I was leaving treatment because I felt like I didn't know anyone else in the world that talked about it in the same way that they did there because they the treatment center I was at was incredible at being um, inclusive and mm -hmm. being very much like trauma-informed okay. and all that stuff. So I was so scared coming out on the other side. I was like, nobody I know talks this way. No one else I know is cringes when they hear anything about mm -hmm. diet culture. And oh, yeah. yeah, but what's been lovely is learning that. Um, the more I understood about that, the more I met people in that camp, mm -hmm. which I guess is kind of bringing me to you, finding those kind of people on the internet. So that's really fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's something that's kind of cool is through recovery, you can find that there's a whole other world out there of people that are, yeah, not really promoting diets and just having a different philosophy on food overall. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Kimmy, the question I want to ask you to start off, which I ask everybody, is to describe the relationship that you have with your body today. Yeah. Oh, gosh, what a good question. So I, I think like when it comes to my relationship with my body today, if I had to choose one word to describe it, I think it would be curious because I I feel like that creates space for, okay, it's not, it doesn't always feel perfect, but I try to hold space for whatever comes up and try to meet it with compassion. Um, also recognizing how it's evolved over time and ways that I love and appreciate my body now that I never thought I would be able to. And so like when I hold space for that, I'm also really curious about where it's going to evolve from now because I've done so much work. I've been through my own recovery journey and I'm feeling pretty good about my relationship with my body. And I and I think that, well, what I, you know, what I usually tell my clients and what I think occurs with most people is that there's not like a final destination in recovery or your relationship with food or body in that like as life evolves they're going to naturally evolve too because you're getting older and wiser and you see things differently so I'm really curious about what's next for me and my body mm. 
Oh, that's a, that's a really exciting thought. I haven't actually thought about it that way. I do so much thinking about like the story of it and how it's changed, but the idea of thinking what's next is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something that like, I don't know what to necessarily expect from it because it used to always be that I was waiting for my body to look different or just waiting for that perfect moment. But now that I'm not doing that anymore, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the future will look like. And I, I like not knowing, right? Like, I like being really curious about that. Mm, that's that's very cool. Uh, do you want to talk about a time, whether it was like growing up or even recently or whenever you feel that you felt the most disconnected to your body, like the farthest away from yourself? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Let me see. Hmm. Let's see. You know... I think let's oh gosh there's so many times they're coming up so I don't know <laughs> if it's I don't know if it's necessarily the most but I, I think one of the times that was toughest for me was when I was studying to be a dietitian because a lot of the messages that we hear in the training process it's really fat phobic and it doesn't honor size diversity and it doesn't really address eating disorders and so that was definitely a tougher time for me to be with my body because I had this other information set like set about recovery and fat positivity, but it was just kind of exhausting to feel and it was tougher to feel as connected to my body as I do now. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Will you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm, I'm very curious because mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just know that in like treatment, for example, I was trying to believe all the dietitians when it came to them talking about how um like all the health at every size stuff and all those mindsets that are positive and helpful because you hear the opposite in diet culture and stuff that I imagine it would have been really hard to be going into becoming a dietitian when that wasn't mm -hmm. the environment at its core what was that like Oh, yeah. Gosh. Um, let's see. Well, I knew going into it that it wasn't going to just be like all sunshine and roses. But when I was actually in it and every day you're in this situation where literally you're in a classroom where nobody looks like you, not only like around size, but also around race, ethnicity, and then um, like sort of the microaggressions and macroaggressions of people saying fat phobic things. Or sort of, like, making jokes about larger bodies. Yeah, it was just, like, it was so, it was so terrible. And I, I, it's one of those things where even now when I sit with my relationship with my body, I have so much appreciation that my body was able to, like, sit through that and get through it because it was really hard. And I, even though I knew it was tough in the moment, um, it wasn't until it was over that I felt so much stress, like, like just pe being lifted from me and feeling like I can feel a bit more at home in my body that I haven't felt in a while. And so I think it took a greater toll on me than I realized at the time. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, oh my goodness, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I love how you talk about being grateful to your for your body for getting you through that mm -hmm. and whatnot what I'm just I'm I feel like I have such limited knowledge about what it's like in dietitian world outside of outside of me being in like the client's chair mm -hmm. um so it's so fascinating to hear what was there a moment well I guess here let me ask you this uh growing up I'm assuming your mindset wasn't always 
or what did you want to be a dietitian growing up I guess like how did that come about yeah uh no you know growing up I did not want to be a dietitian I think I didn't really know what I wanted to be and being South Asian uh, kind of like the norm is you're either like a doctor or an engineer or or something something like very similar to that and so throughout college I've wanted to be an engineer and it wasn't until after my undergrad that I started my own eating disorder recovery and I decided then that I wanted to be a dietitian and so I, I didn't always feel excited to be an RD but one thing that's unique about my experience that a lot of other eating disorder dietitians um, don't experience is just knowing beforehand that I want to practice from this way. So many dietitians, they're kind of trained in that more traditional weight-centric model, not very aware about eating disorders, and they learn later on. And so for me to go in with that awareness, although it was great because it helped me put a little bit of a filter on some of the things I was learning, it was also really hard because I was able to see how harmful some of these messages were, knowing what could be on the other side. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So so basically what, what I'm understanding is you kind of, by doing your own work in your own recovery from uh, your eating disorder, you were able to gain this mindset and insight mm-hmm, uh, as yeah. far as like, okay, amazing. So you had that going into like becoming a dietitian you had that as like a foundation when you were in that world Mm -hmm, exactly exactly yeah and so that that's kind of how I also had support throughout my studies like outside of my program for local folks that were eating disorder providers that were helping students that were in training that wanted to yeah that wanted to learn more about that work okay that makes sense uh, was there a time in your training to become a dietitian where it became, I guess, the mindset for health at every size or not being like centered on weight, all that stuff? Did that ever kind of move to the forefront in your training, like with all the people you were working with, or did that kind of stay as your own foundation? Um, well, do you mean like, did it ever? Uh, oh, sorry. Could you reword the question? I think I understand, but I'm not sure if I understand. Yeah, you're good. I think I said it really confusing. Um, did that ever take like a center stage in what you were learning? Like, did that ever mm-hmm. become a part of the culture of? Uh, was it a school? A school? Did you go to college for it? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I went to college, and um, yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, it was never at the forefront of the curriculum. At that time. But so since then, I think they've changed some things. So, so students are learning more about it. I feel like a lot of what I learned about health at every size through my training was really, it was more informally through the community, like through people that were already practicing as clinicians than it was in the classroom. Okay. That's so cool because that is... Oh my gosh, I just, I have so many things floating around in my brain that I want to say about it, but I just honestly feel so grateful that you had that because the movement of health at every size and of um, fighting against fat phobia and just all the activism and whatnot going in there, I, I'm so grateful for everybody that's put a hand in that because it feels so... Oh, it's just so insanely needed. And to hear that it wasn't, 
I mean, it makes me really sad to hear that it wasn't like a big part of the training and the curriculum. And mm -hmm. I'm really happy that you were able to find that in other ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And it's also it's interesting always to hear like the client's perspective or the patient's perspective, because I um, I know like oftentimes, especially in a higher level of care, people have so many providers and each provider kind of has their own way that they found their way to eating disorders. And yeah, for a lot of dietitians, that means unlearning the traditional um, curriculum and then relearning just a bit more like body positive approach. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like remembering I've had so many dietitians and mm -hmm. every time that if it wasn't in a treatment center, if I'd be doing my own research, it would always be so hard kind of weeding out or finding like kind of the language underneath the language of like, okay, are you size inclusive? Are you mm -hmm. health at every size? And I kind of found more often than not that um, if they don't say those things straight up, they're normally not really in that camp. It's kind mm -hmm. of like, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I think like those of us that do practice from that way, we try to be as explicit about it as possible, like in our brand or wherever we're speaking just because the traditional approach is so far from it. And it's also, you know, it's best for the client so they know what they're getting into. If Yeah, it's just so everybody's informed all around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. For, for those listening uh, that don't know, do you mind giving, like, I know you have a lot. I was listening to a specific podcast where you went really in detail about the history of health at every size. Mm -hmm. um, but do you mind giving, like, a brief explanation of what that movement is? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm trying to tone myself down so I don't get too excited <laughs> and talk and speak an hour about it. But, yeah, so health at every size is kind of like a model or an approach to healthcare that really encourages folks to shift away from maybe trying to shrink their bodies or trying to pursue weight loss to really more like um, if they want to change their health to engage in health promoting behaviors. So it's really just about this idea that it's a lot healthier to engage in health promoting behaviors than it is to try to pursue intentional weight loss. And it really came about like because of fat phobia and also because the research shows that diets don't work. And that by far the vast majority of people that go on diets or try to lose weight, that they end up gaining that weight back, back and some. And so health at every size is a size inclusive approach to health care. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's a super quick nutshell of yeah what health at every size is. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What would you say that looks like, like mm -hmm. on a practical level? Like yeah. say mm -hmm. you were talking to a client about like how to kind of incorporate that into their mindset and into their life like what would that look like yeah so I guess I'm going to start when it comes to like food because I think for a lot of people when it comes to like fat phobia or weight loss and health their first concern is like how like how would eating look or how do you use health uh, food to support your health if you're not focusing on weight loss. And I, I, so I think a big part of it is like working on someone's overall relationship with health. And it's a lot less focused on like each bite is either like harming or hurting you or anything like that, which is totally rooted in diet culture, but more so approached, um, approached in making sure you feel like you have permission to eat, permission to eat for pleasure, permission to eat a variety of foods. Also remembering that food is only one part of health. So like, 
checking in with someone's sleep, maybe their access to healthcare. Like, do they have healthcare providers that they feel um, is affirming to their bodies? How is their relationship with movement? Do they have access to food? And so I think it's just kind of recognizing that health is really multidimensional and it's so much more than like the limited way that diet culture tries to sell it to us. Hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bringing up uh, healthcare, I know that in some of your some of your writing and your uh, podcast, you talk about discrimination in healthcare against people on larger bodies and kind of just just all the lies and fat phobia, whatnot in that world. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and what that's been like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So for a lot of people, they've um, I, I find that especially like those in larger bodies, they have this really tumultuous relationship with their doctors because they kind of feel avoided because they're scared that their, their doctor is going to shame them and they start blaming themselves and feel uncomfortable going to the doctor. And what I see as a really common theme is that many people feel like they're the only ones experiencing this and that it's actually a huge thing. It's actually like weight stigma in healthcare is a really pervasive issue. And so it's not that you just have these individuals that feel like they don't like they, they don't like going to the doctor. It's actually a really systemic issue where like research is showing that like um, physicians, nurses, psychotherapists, dietitians, other providers, that they really have weight bias. Like it affects their decision making process. Um, It affects if they're likely to spend more time with patients. It affects if they're doing preventative tests. It also affects like the quality of care people receive. So it's it's something that actually affects the way people access healthcare, if people are avoiding healthcare, and it affects their actual health. And so it's a really big issue that I feel like people don't talk about. So like a lot of the messages around size and health, they're sometimes so focused on that personal responsibility piece that they gloss over the fact that there is this whole other dimension here. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just at the end of the day, it does such a disservice to everyone. And yeah, it's um, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I like I don't know. I just I heard so many stories Mm -hmm. in treatment from people talking about like talking about like uh, how their eating disorder started because of their doctor telling them that they were, quote, overweight or something about BMI, which is just a bunch of garbage. And Mm -hmm. it just oh, my goodness. I feel like there's so much undoing that needs to be done in order to make just the the healthcare I mean well that's a whole other tangent because healthcare is a mess but um, but just to make that world safer and inclusive and just as it should be my gosh you you made a post let me see if I could find it actually I have your Instagram pulled up because it was uh really eye-opening Okay, so I think, are you referring, you say you're, I think, um, posting a tweet that you wrote, mm-hmm. and you say, if your concerns for fat individuals' health do not include concerns for how weight stigma harms fat people, then you, oh, wrong one, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. wrong one. <laughs> um, Okay, I don't know if I'm going to find it, but you were talking about, I believe you were talking about COVID and how uh, would people be caring as much to get 
Um, this is really going to bother me. I think oh, it's, it's probably your more recent. One. Yeah, because yes. I, I don't. I'm very inactive on Instagram these days, so I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she said, "Would fat people be prioritized for the vaccine if their COVID status didn't ultimately affect thin people?" That mm. was so unsettling to read because it just woke up so much truth in yeah. the best way. But w- what is that? What would you say about that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it, you know, it's a really unsettling truth because it, there was a moment where I was thinking about how like the whole world is scrambling right now to get COVID under control. And if it were a fat people thing, oh my goodness, they, it would be very quickly. Nope, we don't have a solution. The solution's weight loss. That's that. And right now, the fact that fat people are being prioritized, for, well, I guess now it's more accessible, but like earlier on, fat people were one of the first groups that were prioritized to get the vaccine. And if it weren't ultimately about like the fact that we need community care for COVID numbers to go down, that where people are concerned about healthcare systems, there's no way fat people would have been prioritized because fat people are never prioritized for anything that actually supports them in their fat bodies. It's unless it's a priority around like weight loss or hoping that they're going to go on a diet. It's never about supporting their current health as is. So, mm. yeah, it's like it's really frustrating. And it was it was tough because many folks that I work with, folks that I know, they felt so conflicted about going to get this vaccine early. Like they wanted to feel safer, but they also felt like there was so much shame around it. So yeah. it was a really big source of contention. Oh my gosh, that just, when I read that, it struck me as so, just so important and so true and something that I hadn't even considered. And it's just something that needs to be talked about. It needs to be mm-hmm. known because it's really, it's like enraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So partially just wanted to say thank you for bringing that awareness to me and to those reading it online, but Yeah, that's just, when you're talking about anything to do with healthcare, I've I've been like a total healthcare nerd lately. I'm reading this book about it. (laughs) My my partner's a a nurse, an ER nurse, Mm -hmm. and so she has so many thoughts and opinions about healthcare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've learned a ton, and especially when getting into like, oh, there's so many avenues I could go down right now, but just getting into like racism in healthcare. And like we talked about fat phobia in healthcare and classism Mm -hmm. in healthcare. And oh my goodness, it just, Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm very, very passionate about right now. So I'm happy to be able to talk to you. Yeah, Uh, it's, you know, I could, yeah, I agree. There's so much there. And I think when it comes to like fat people in healthcare, you know, I feel like if this conversation were happening like 20 years ago, the conversation might be a little bit different because like I don't even think we had much research like six, seven, eight years ago around weight stigma in healthcare. But just these last few years, we have so much more research. And I always say, like, when I'm speaking about this, I fat people have been saying this for decades, for decades. But now, now that we have thin folks that are able to do the research, it's something where it's just kind of, um, it's a bit more believed. It's a bit, it's, it's a little, it's taken a little bit more seriously, mm. but it's still such a new conversation that people are having. And in, I'm sure, you know, like in many spaces, people still aren't even having this conversation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm always like, 
I'm always very surprised when I come across a new person who has this mindset or who even who even has heard of this or cares about this. And I get mm-hmm. so excited. I'm like, oh, you're my people. Come hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that rare. And like, mm-hmm. like I was telling my partner, I was like, I am so unbelievably thankful that you already had this mindset going into this. Because if I had to like convince you mm-hmm. of these things that it just wouldn't work, it oh, would yeah. not work. It's like a... I don't even know what to compare it to, but how did, what did your journey look like becoming, um, like during your recovery work, like becoming, uh, fat positive and becoming, um, just what did, what did that look like? Yeah. Oh, so, um, I think it kind of came about in stages. My first treatment team, they were not fat positive. I'm saying it in in a funny way, but yeah, they were not fat positive. And I honestly, I I still think to this day, if they were fat positive, I probably would have just left after the intake because I was really, like, I was a fat person in a fat, like, in a really, really fat phobic place. Like, I was newly fat. I was kind of in denial about it. And I did not want anybody to tell me that I should try to accept my body as is. Mm. And, yeah, I was kind of, like, hitting some roadblocks. um, I think because they weren't fat positive, but also just some other stuff, as will come up in recovery. And then, um, yeah, eventually I had a different treatment team that was fat positive. And it was really liberating. It kind of felt like the missing piece to the puzzle. So I feel like that in combination with some other things that kind of fell into place, it was it was a great way to help me feel a bit more empowered in this world that can be really harmful for fat folks. Mm. And so I think that's why, like in recovery, it's so important that we have conversations around fatness, even for folks that are not fat, because like each person's proximity to fatness is going to change throughout their life. Um, if they're like, you know, like lucky to live long enough, like bodies do change throughout lives. So it's people have to sit with that fear, that discomfort uh, of the thought that they might, their body might change, that they might have to face their internalized ideas around fat bodies as it pertains to their own. So that's why I just think every person's recovery should include those conversations. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Especially like with just, I mean, with just diet culture being the big layout for culture to be in front of and like mm-hmm. that stream, streaming as far as into like are the TV shows that we watch in a way, like the fat phobic, like the bodysuits and right. I have so many memories just growing up of, it was so morally good or bad and it is, that's just such a lie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these these conversations are, are so important. What what would you say to people who haven't heard of this conversation before and who are mm-hmm. new to uh, health at every size or trying to be body positive? Like, mm-hmm. what would you say oh to the gosh. audience? Yeah, you know, I I would say that if it's making you feel very uncomfortable for some reason, like, don't run away from that. Explore it, because there's probably more going on. (laughs) And, you know, I saw a tweet. I really wish I remember who tweeted it. I just saw it this weekend. But it was something along the lines of, like, if you feel the need to take fat people, like, down a peg or, like, um, like, show fat people that they're just fat and they need to change their lifestyle. Like, if you're feeling that pressure... There's, it's probably something coming up for you, like related to your body, 
And I'm not saying that to like pathologize anybody, but I, I think we all have those um, wounds and we all have those feelings around our own bodies. So mm. that's what I would, yeah, that's what I would encourage people to sit with. Oh my gosh, that is so true. My therapist said something similar to me about uh, this roommate that I had. He was not a very nice person mm. and he was constantly making all the body comments and food comments and oh, there's mm. too much sugar, quote, yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. I was so upset about it because it was right after treatment. And I yeah. was like, Amber's my therapist's name. This is mm. not the environment that I want to <laughs> be in. Yeah. And, yeah. And she said to me, she was like, Jackie, I think that all this means that he he has issues with his own body that he has not addressed. And it just kind of hit this light bulb in my head of like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're right. Cause I used to have that mindset. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, it feels kind of liberating in itself to understand that alone. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. I used to, I used to feel the same way and I, I think it helps me hold compassion for those people and it is it's really powerful when you realize like oh it's not about me or my body like this is their stuff and I don't need to hold on to this stuff I don't need to figure it out I don't need to change them like it's it's really their stuff yeah yeah absolutely um well can we switching gears just Mm. a little bit I wanted to talk about um just briefly like philosophy because I saw that you were you were very passionate about it reading one of your Instagram posts. And as I was telling you before, my partner's brother is like total philosophy guy. We've been talking about that nonstop for the past week, I feel like. And <laughs> I've learned to like love the conversations and be so passionate about that. And and the idea of that overlapping with uh, this world of embodiment is really fascinating to me. So I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess, first of all, like what branch you're interested in mm-hmm. and kind of what conversations you think are important to be having in that through that lens when it comes to our relationships with our bodies oh my gosh yes when you mentioned that we're going to talk for this I'm yeah I'm really excited and also going to like humbly <laughs> state that like I am so dusty on my philosophy because <laughs> it's like for so long now it's been in like a, a hobby like since I studied at college so like yeah it's it's something where I am sure anybody listening that knows more about it now it's gonna be like what what's going on but um yeah you know I think okay so I I'm a huge like lover of all things related to existentialism and I really really like like um just sort of like acknowledging this idea that you give others like power if you're like feeling very affected by them or you're feeling very affected by their actions so that's like my if I had to think of like my, one of my personal faves that's it but I think mm-hmm. when it comes to body stuff and you tell me if this is something you're familiar with too I think there's kind of like this idea of duality and like different idea, different philosophers will say like different roles that the body has and so I think one theory is that like we are kind of more like intertwined with our body and then other theories are more that like our body is very separate from who we are. I personally see it more as like our body is kind of a medium between us and this world. So although it's it's not completely intertwined, it definitely affects um, just the way we're seeing things and our experiences. But yeah, I don't know if any of this is sounding familiar to you. Yeah, absolutely. That uh 
dualism actually is something that her her brother was saying would probably come up and I'm like oh that makes so much sense ask her what she thinks about dualism and he went on and on and on I was like okay hold on I'm not going to be able to repeat all that I don't know what you're saying (laughs) Um, but that's so fascinating that you did bring that up because it makes a lot of sense in the different mindsets of people seeing themselves separate from their body or Mm -hmm. one with their body or uh you're talking about how your body you see it as a medium well yes and yes and I'm also like um I'm open to diverse thought on this so I, I don't think like because I'm a dietitian that does body work that I that I have like authority on this topic so I just I feel like I need to say that but like yeah. it's interesting because I, I grew up so I'm, I'm South Asian like I mentioned and a lot of the way like um culturally maybe religiously like we would see bodies or this world is kind of like oh it's a worldly thing it's very separate from our from our higher selves and I kind of feel like we're a bit more connected to our bodies and it's not as binary as maybe some philosophers would argue and how I used to think of it and so um yeah like I feel like the fact that our body is what connects us to this world there's a part of ourself that's tied to that somehow. Um, I think Mm. the question is like, how much are we tied to that? And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. That is definitely a topic that I want to learn more about. And I'm grateful to hear your perspective on, because I, I definitely think that I land somewhere in a similar camp as Mm. far as being more connected to our bodies than we or then I at least like once believed or is believed in mm-hmm. some different philosophies or religions. Cause like I grew up uh, with a very evangelical background being mm-hmm. told like your body is bad and mm-hmm. your spirit is needs to, is good. And like, you need to like fight against your body's urges and desires. Mm-hmm. And so my natural instinct, uh, because I have more of a background history in that than mm-hmm. uh, much knowledge on philosophy. I kind of like lean into that and be like, oh, that doesn't feel good or right at all. And that only Mm -hmm. harmed me. So what kind Mm -hmm. of mindsets like can I have now that don't harm me if I don't have to listen to those rules? Because that's not absolute truth anymore. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. And like, you know, uh, sort of like even on the idea of pleasure and like how feeling like pleasure can be seen as such a negative, I think of even like, oh my gosh, is it Socrates? I might be forgetting. I'm pretty sure it's Socrates, who was kind of more like leaning into pleasure and connecting to like worldly things. And yeah, I don't know. I It's, um, it's such a different way to look at these topics around food, body, even the social systems around us. And I really appreciate that with philosophy, we can take so many steps back. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I love that. It just like peels back the question Mm -hmm. more and more and more and more and more. And it just gets you thinking about things that I've never thought about in my life, which has been every day for the past week talking to her brother. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So like, you know what you might enjoy talking about too, since you're also like exploring healthcare stuff, like ethics, especially like medical ethics and and, like the philosophies around that, Mm -hmm. because it's one that I haven't really had the time to like do a deep dive But I am wondering just like different, yeah, like different philosophies around ethics, like how we can apply that to haze or we can apply that to the fat phobia that we see happening in healthcare now. Um, Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm definitely going to bring that up later today. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. I don't know. It's okay. I don't. I don't know where I was going. So You're good. You're yeah. good. But I, I've loved talking about the different ethics and social justice issues in this kind of lens as well. So that that's going to be a really good conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, and you know, I just yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. Like around, around social justice issues. I feel like a lot of the people, well, probably all of the people that I learned philosophy from in college, like they were all like white cis men, like hetero, like it's just, mm. and I, and they also oftentimes would speak about these, like the the greats, the great thinkers who also like, you know, we put on the pedestal a lot of times because of their placement in society. So I'm sure there were so many other thinkers and teachers throughout the years that I didn't learn about and also that maybe their teachings were not recorded in that way like I yeah so it's just interesting oh that's a really good point how do we find them I want to go find them yeah no same same. (laughs) oh my gosh that's a very very good point because yeah of course like the big names we know are white cis straight men from Mm -hmm. decades and ages ago and there's got to be so much more to the conversations that they started or maybe didn't even start that other people started and they're Mm -hmm. the names behind it like oh there's a lot there I bet oh yeah I bet yeah yeah I'm so curious yeah well just to be respectful of your time I could talk about this forever (laughs) and I'm already like thinking of so many books that I'm going to read now. Um, mm-hmm. But I have two more questions for you yeah. uh, before I before I let you go here. Um, my first question is: What are practical ways that you uh, practical things that you do to connect with your body on days that you feel disconnected or? not present Mm, oh my gosh I love this so you know a big one for me is movement and it can really this is where it depends on like what I'm going through that day or how my body is feeling that day so like movement in a way like around strength training where I feel like I need to I want to feel stronger I want to release some of the energy or sometimes some gentle stretches light a candle play some calming music that's a good one um let's see I'm trying to think of some other ones I really enjoy like well I'm I'm starting to get a little bit more in touch with my creative side and Mm -hmm. I like how it also like speaks to that your body's a medium because like whatever my body can or can't do if it comes to like um watercoloring or if it comes to like knitting or painting my nails it's very much like you're working with your body and you can be present and also your focus can be there so those are yeah those are two things that I really like to dabble in um yeah I hope that answers your question yeah absolutely I loved the stretching with the calm music and stuff I've been ending every day with restorative yoga lately and it's been a dream yeah oh restorative yoga good stuff yeah yeah so that's been lovely like sometimes my cats will kind of like hop around while I'm doing that and um yeah it's fun stuff Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, my last question for you has nothing to do with anything else that we've been talking about. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Those are the best questions. Yes, they are. Let me see if I could come up with it. Um, Okay, would you rather live in a world that was filled with giraffes? Mm -hmm. You are a giraffe. Everyone is giraffe. Giraffes. 
drafts act like people, like they have like jobs and drive cars, mm. but everybody's a giraffe and they have different kind of jobs. Like they have like giraffe jobs. They don't have like people jobs, but mm. it's like a normal life and you communicate and you're just living as a giraffe in a society. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather every single day at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m., the sky rained jelly beans. Oh my gosh. And you were the only one who knew about it. And oh nobody gosh. else could see it. And <laughs> you just had to deal with it. <laughs> Definitely the giraffes. Oh, that was such an easy one. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I would feel so alone. Oh, my oh goodness. same. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But that's so true. That's so lonely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I like jelly beans. But like, what? Like, what, yeah. Like, like what why? would happen to them? <laughs> like, I, I would probably get sick of them. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But yeah, that's a good question. And now I'm imagining what life as a giraffe would be like me too i just imagined like zoo tycoon for a second and was like yeah let's go with the giraffe question <laughs> that yes I, mean, I, yeah, I, could, I could see what that's like oh yeah. my gosh that's so lovely well kimmy how can people find you where do you want to direct people to find your work yeah so they can check me out on my website bodypositivedietitian.com or on instagram at bodypositive underscore dietitian Okay. Amazing. Amazing. I will put all of those links in the description box below. And I am so excited to continue this conversation with everybody about body positivity and healthcare and all the things. Kimmy, you sparked so much goodness in mm. my mind today. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, this was a blast. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you later. Bye.